0: Right, well, so as we wrapped up, there was actual um, breaking news after the trade deadline, and it was sad breaking news. Um, longtime voice of the Dodgers, Vin Scully, has died. Um, so my memories of Vin, obviously, um, like th- when I think of Vin, the thing I think of is, maybe I can find it and I can put it in this thing, because I think I have a recording of it. So when the Cubs made the playoffs in 89... Against the Giants. And that was in the news last week because of the Will, Will Clark's Park. jersey retirement and the whole cover your mouth fastball in thing. Um, Vin did an incredible opening for game one, which he wrote himself. And it's mm-hmm. um, it was great. And I always think of that when I think of Vin.
1: She stands alone on the corner of Clark and Addison, this Dowager Queen, dressed in basic black and pearls, 75 years old proud head held high and not a hair out of place awaiting yet another date with destiny another time for Mr. Wright. she dreams as old ladies will of men gone long ago Joe Tinker Johnny Evers Frank Chance and of those of recent vintage like her man Ernie Ken the Lion. And sweet Billy Williams. Uh, For Ronnie Santos, for Ernie Banks and myself who performed here and couldn't bring that pennant home to Chicago fans, it's certainly a great pleasure for us to stand on the sideline and look out there and see the Chicago Cubs playing in the playoff game and, of course, playing in the World Series. And she thinks wistfully of what might have been and the pain is still fresh and new. And her eyes fill, her lips tremble, and she shakes her head ever so slightly. And then she sighs, pulls her shawl tightly around her frail shoulders, and thinks, this time, this time, it will be better.
0: Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time to talk some baseball with valley mlb national writer david brown david how are you
2: hi andy i'm good how are you doing
0: i've i've never been better
2: uh, well, that's have, pretty cool
0: cubs have Framil reyes now and what, right. how could life be any better
2: that's true we just saw um him get a big hit in the game to tie a score and then he was pinch run for, and then I guess everybody left because yeah. it's like, well, franmil right. has got out. Why, I mean, why are we still?
0: We came to see Fran Mill. Why are you taking him out? <laughs> Fine. So I had never, they missed the uh, Nico Horners go-ahead hit because they were all heading for the exits. But
2: The so future was... is not
0: Baseball's a game of stars. <laughs> right. The Cubs are going to find that out the hard way.
2: <laughs> but in all seriousness, I'm excited. I'm as excited as uh, many Cub fans about the arrival of Fran Mill Reyes. He's only 27. He's a freshly turned 27, and he's got some familiar faces in the coaching staff. And, um, you know, the Cleveland Guardians, uh, not known for their hitting, obviously, and the, the Cubs, well, not really known for it either. But maybe the, the change of scenery will get Fran Mill to a place where he can just power up, and, you know, I don't think he's much on defense, but, you know, the Cubs will burn that bridge when they get to it. They're just looking for some dingers, and I think he can do it.
0: Well, he, I noticed he's played 14 games in the field this year. 12 of them in right field. Right. Um, so maybe the Cubs will use him as a defensive replacement for Saya Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: say come on. we gotta leave. We got to protect this lead. We don't want you running around out there catching everything, throwing guys out. That's no fun.
2: That's more That's more games in the field than I actually thought he played.
0: I, I honestly, I expected it. I thought it was going to be like none, two. And that's just a couple of games and left. It's like Tito's like, eh, fine. He covers a lot of ground out there standing still. Right. He's a large man. Very. very he large is. Man. He hits for his career. He hits a home run every 16 at bats. So basically every four games.
2: You know that that sounds great, but it's just it never seems like it actually happens like that.
0: That would be 40, 40 homers a year if you played him every day, right?
2: Right. Well, he's never done that,
0: but he he's got. He had thirty seven one year, though. Right. Uh, yeah. No, it's the kind was, of move that if you're the Cubs, why wouldn't you make it? Yeah. Um, they were getting such great production out of their designated hitters. Like Jan Gomes and Frank Schwindel, why mess? I know a lot of fans. Why mess with? Why mess with success and try some other guy?
2: Uh, well, we all want Frank to do well, but you know, I I was kind of with you on the whole Jan Gomes, not understanding why. No, he can't. he was an option. Age, he
0: can't but. hit, and he's your backup catcher, which means if if your catcher gets hurt and you have to put Jan in. Now you're losing the DH, although right that, that the pitchers will probably fare better than Jan. So maybe that maybe that's right. Ross's hope.
2: What are you losing?
0: Oh I got to get Mark Leiter Jr. in a bat once in a while. Here's a way to do it, so and
2: it's amazing. the traditional National League game, so you feel better from that standpoint. It's what you know. It's what you grew up with. Yeah, if you're I, the Cubs,
0: I think if I were man, I would even use the DH. I would just nah, we don't need it, right. We're fine without it you go <laughs> ahead and use it we don't care you, you go ahead. sure if you if you think you need to you know have an extra hitter fine we're we're playing traditional ball we're also going to leave our gloves on the field in between innings
2: <laughs> and sit on them so we don't <laughs> so we have a nice cushion
0: is that my second leave your glove on the field uh reference in two weeks and- because I believe last, last week I made that the White Sox should just leave Andrew Vaughn on the field. Yes, yes, because of his legs. We got to rest, rest those legs.
2: <laughs> don't leave him on the field when you're up at you bat. You did that
0: in Kansas City now. You said the right field. I'm just going to lay here. Don't mind me. And they're like, well, okay, you're, you're in the way.
2: He made, I mean, it wasn't aesthetically beautiful, but he did make a nice diving catch today. Uh, I don't know. If he got the best jump in the world, Andrew Vaughn, was, but, say, uh, was
0: it a was it a was play it, that any other outfielder would have needed to have dove?
2: I say we just leave it up to mystery. We, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, but in the end, he made it, that's and actually, nobody died. Yeah, nobody went on the DL. IL. As Joe so, Madden
0: famously said, a lot: the box score is numbers, not pictures. It doesn't <laughs> yes. have to look good. You just have to do it. So that's fine. Yeah, so my bone to pick with the Cubs right now. The Cubs though, Jed, Jed's cleaning house. Yesterday, sat in the dugout, just kind of casually told everybody, uh, "Oh yeah, Jason Hayward will not be playing for the rest of the year, and I've already told him that we don't want him back next year. He's got to go. He he, you can still play ball. He just can't play here.
2: Right. <laughs> you don't have her. to go home. You <laughs> can't stay here.
0: <laughs> we're gonna pay you twenty-two million dollars to not play for us. Um, which honestly, I wish they'd been, I wish they had done that years ago." But that was fine. And then the thing, see, I, my column on Monday, my newsletter on Monday, I thought I had this brilliant idea. I was like, "Why is Frank still on the team? He's bad. They're not even playing him at first base anymore. they they were putting they put Patrick Wisdom over there instead." And I'm like, "I know why. Because they're they don't have the heart to release him just days before the Field of Dreams game." Frank was, like, the guy they had doing the interviews. Like, because that's, and I found one. I found, like, a local news thing from Iowa where they were previewing the game. Sure enough, there's Frank in a St. Louis hotel room yelling into his computer about how excited he is to be playing in the game. And I thought, okay, well, that's what they're doing. They're just going to, it's fine. He seems like a nice boy. They're going to let him play, and then while he's in Iowa, they're going to be like, all right, uh, Frank, you see that hay wagon? Get on that. It's going to Des Moines. And they didn't. Fran Mel became available, and you know you don't you don't mess that up. So now he's gone, and uh, I'm kind of fine with that. So there's one guy left that I really don't understand. Oh, and they also last week they released Andrelton Simmons.
2: You know, I I totally missed that. I did not know that. He may
0: have missed it. He may be still showing up at for his rehab assignment in Des Moines. All but, right, guys, you're not on the team anymore. What? No, so I don't what? play for this team. I play for the Cubs. I'm just... No, you don't play for them either. What? <laughs> <laughs> the Blue Jays want you. Nope. Not doing that. <laughs> I can't. No game <laughs> Oh, for road games? No. No, you're not. Sorry, Adelton. Yeah, so
2: like he's... He'll uh, play remotely from Buffalo.
0: <laughs> You've just, just as <laughs> many hits. Um... The, uh, the guy I don't understand now, I, so I really don't understand why. Oh, no, no, before that, I was Anderson. They did the procedural baseball thing, and you can see it in this order. Anderson Simmons has been activated from the disabled list by the Cubs. Right. Anderson Simmons has been designated for. <laughs> right. was <laughs> like if, if they had like, run on a ticker at Wrigley, it would have been, oh. No. Oh. oh no. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> yeah, you buried the lead. Well, that's the order we have to go in. Uh, Cubs still have uh, Rafael Ortega on their team. He got thrown out at home. I, I, that, he leads the league uh, in getting thrown out at home, which is amazing because he doesn't get on base that much. But when he gets on, he is not making it to home without being thrown out by eight feet. Do um, you think
2: this is a coaching issue?
0: It's a, it's a, I think Willie Harris like, oh, that's our center fielder. And then he remembers, right. oh, he's slow as shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I forgot. Oh, no. Yeah, Willie Harris is like when I played center field, they were center fielders were fast. I was one of them sometimes.
0: <laughs> Willie's probably lucky that he's third base coaching for such a bad team because he does a lot of weird stuff. The the one thing I really don't understand what he does in order to like really emphasize to a player that they need to slide into third, he mm-hmm. gets down on the ground in front of the bag <laughs> himself. It's like Willie, I know you're bigger than you were when you played.
2: Right, but you but might want. As it's kind of well.
0: hard to see you. Right. Like they're rounding. Major leaguers are so bad at bothering to look for coaches in the first place. You shouldn't be playing hide-and-seek with them while they're (laughs) trying to decide whether to keep going or stop at third. I don't even know he was there. Why was he face down in the grass?
2: Especially like when the, uh, I swear we've talked about this before. Maybe we have, but, um, especially like when there's a crown to the, how the field is, (laughs) it's like the curve of the earth. You can't really see him. He slides into the dugout. All flat. It's like yeah, he's hiding under blades of grass.
0: So. Well, back when uh, Ron Say and uh, Larry Boa were the left side of the cutting field, they famously would leave the grass extra long. Willie would just disappear over there. They just maybe see the top of his helmet. <laughs>
2: right.
0: So, but so there's Rafael Ortega, and I get the 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 excuse has been, well, he's the only real center fielder we have on the team. It's like, well, yeah, well, if he's the only one, then you don't need one. Because it's not, mm. he's not doing any good. He's taking at bats away from like the great Nelson Velasquez, who had three hits last night, and then right. tonight was uh, relegated to uh, pinch running for Framil Reyes.
2: Oh no! Hopefully, he's not also taking bats away because that would be stealing. Yeah, that's right.
0: No, it's not nice. Where, where are all my bats going?
2: <laughs> oh. Better, better look into that. Uh, Thanks
0: man. Raphael is showing up with things he's whittled for other players. <laughs> Look at this. It's like, man, where are you getting all the wood for this? Uh, nowhere. What is this? <laughs> did, you, did you whittle Fusilli Jerry from Seinfeld? Yeah, don't sit on it. Um,
2: the Amazing likeness of Wilson.
0: It's great. <laughs> that is just for you. Uh, I believe it was two days ago, Cubs had Nick Madrigal bobblehead night. They I, did, I, yes. I, I, the thing oh, that, man. yeah, oh, I remember when they announced it in the winter. <laughs> it was like, oh, really? He's still good in August. You're, you're really this is quite a prediction,
2: crossing uh, our fingers.
0: Uh, the cool thing about it is, I remember when I was a kid, I got a Michael Jordan like growth chart poster,
2: yeah, like the one in Home Alone.
0: Uh, um, you know the
2: one,
0: in Home Alone? I bet it was, okay. I bet it was the same one. So yeah. I had that poster, you know, and it was six feet, a little over six feet, six inches tall. Yeah. Well, the Nick Madrigal bobblehead is a normal bobblehead size, but it is also a Nick Madrigal like growth chart. The, you know, you stand, Nick stands next to it and it's, he's eye to eye with his own bobblehead, which is nice. Right. I did see somebody had gotten it and he, actually it was this guy Crawley, big Cub fan, and he had a picture of his recent bobblehead acquisitions and i was really disappointed that the madrigal bobblehead is like normal is is regular bobblehead height right i mean you're really missing out if that thing should have been half the size of a normal bobblehead then that would have been funny but why bother to have a bobblehead of the tiniest player in the league and make it normal size well
2: he might not think it's as funny as we do either you saying he doesn't know he's short well, I'm saying he probably knows. But I don't know <laughs> if he's going to take it with the humor that you and I...
0: <laughs> Look at this. Look at Nick. We made a tiny little bowhead of you. Ooh. Yeah, I suppose
2: he probably... Well, next it's going to be Nick Madrigal growth chart night, so that's going to be something else,
0: too. Uh, all It's the only growth chart that comes on a 3 by 5 index card. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, you know, I hate that. You know, I don't want to do uh, I don't want to do play play of a, of a game while I'm doing a podcast. But I this is this is okay. big news. Uh, Zach McKinstry he has three hits tonight. He had one, three of the
1: four hits that
2: he has all year. Or, he had or something one hit like that? coming
0: in. He was one for fourteen with the Dodgers. He was zero for fourteen with the Cubs. He got his first hit tonight, and he did the funny baseball thing where he asked for the ball, and they gave it to him, which I did think was kind of funny. And now he's tripled it. He's got three hits. I he's, love that sense of humor. So he's like four for... He's batting over 100. He was batting 40 coming in. He
2: You're batting like, 100, kid.
0: Not he's a 1,000? He's four a for 32.
2: One for eight if you reduce.
0: Yeah. What is that? One...
2: 25? Maybe. To math. I'm not even gonna try. I hurt myself. Oh, that's not right.
0: Doing math on the pod, that's very exciting. Ha. Point one two five. Look at that. I'm a cal I'm a basically I'm a calculator.
2: Well you're so. a baseball fan. You know those those basic batting average computations. I do actually. Right. I do a lot of math. I wasn't good
0: um Yeah, so the Cubs, uh, in just a couple of days, uh, will be playing in the Field of Dreams game in beautiful uh, Dyersville, Iowa. Second annual. And um, so to celebrate the Field of Dreams game, Mike Pustari and I did our movie deep dive uh, yesterday on the movie Field of Dreams. And I don't want to spoil anything from the pie, because everyone should listen to that. Um... But I will tell you that one thing that I I probably I spent a lot of time on in the podcast was this idea that Ray Kinsella, Kevin Costner's character, was bankrupting his family by building that baseball field. Right. And I did the math as to just how much he would have lost financially in that in the in a year of not having 2 acres of corn. <laughs>
2: Uh, did you use 1988
0: prices? I did. Yeah, I did. Average um, average yield. Yields have gone up thanks to uh, the the uh, GMOs. Oh wow! Uh, but it, so in the 80s, um, average yield for an acre of corn was a hundred bushels for an acre. Corn was a robust, and I knew this because my dad is a farmer. I mean, a lot of bitching at the, uh, while listening to the noon show and Orion Samuelson giving him the bad. Or maybe it, was, it could have been Max Armstrong if Orion was off. Um, corn that year sold for about, about three bucks a bushel. Right. It cost raised 600 bucks. <laughs> so I was like, you know, if, if he's going to go bankrupt on 600 bucks, he's probably going bankrupt. And he might as well amuse himself with a ridiculous baseball. We do get into it. We get into the, with the things he wasted money on with the field. <laughs>
2: <So> <laughs> right. People,
0: people could listen to that. But yeah, we did a Field of Dreams uh, pod. Cool.
2: That would be a. Gr- that's a great. Uh, what a great. That's what sports blogging is all about. Topics like that. Yes. That's like uh, you know what uh, what game was it that Ferris Bueller went to? You know that they were yeah. showing in Ferris Bueller.
0: Well, I even remembering it. I. I should have, and I just didn't get around to it. The um, I I, sh- I thought about it while I was watching it, and I was like, I don't want to look this up. I, but I could have figured out what game uh, James Earl Jones and Kevin Costner went to. It was A's Red Sox in 1988. And I'm sure I yeah. could very easily have figured out which game that was. Um, I didn't it could it. have been. Instead, <laughs> Mike and I obsessed. It was 88. They filmed, they filmed everything in 88. Um, okay, great. Oh yeah, we do all we do our research on the movie.
2: I, I should have known.
0: Um, one thing we did obsess about, which was a lot of fun, was there's a shot of them at a concession stand, and we talked mm-hmm. about the prices.
2: Right. <laughs> I
0: don't want to give a lot of it away, but a Fenway Frank was a buck eighty.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: And that's uh
2: What are they now? Like
0: nine? They're uh, seventy-five dollars.
2: Of course.
0: Yeah, I would guess. Uh, it's it's eight nine bucks it's ridiculous but so anyway that's kind of fun people can have if they listen to the movie deep dive uh, podcast on field of dreams Um, so I only watched a little bit of the field of dreams game last year because the white Sox were in it um, but I did want to see some of it so I watched some of it and um, there's a real fence right you're not just playing not just running into the corn
2: oh in the game yeah Yes, they. Uh, I I wouldn't say to my consternation, for realism' sake, but yeah, they added a fence. It wasn't in the movie; it was just corn. Well, the, and actually, I think it, it's a different yeah, field, no,
0: right? right? Right. The uh, the field from the movie still there, right? And then they built the stadium because you can't really play uh, a game on that. So, right. Although that would be fun, they should do that. That would be more fun. It would be funny I mean. anyway. Yeah. Uh, we went out and measured. It's uh, it's 118 feet to right, to right field. <laughs> <laughs> so we think we could be a few homers today. Um, yeah, they built it. It's kind of, uh, I'm picturing it. I've been, and I'm not going to tell the story because I told it on the pod, but I have been to the uh, Field of Dreams three times.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, twice in the same trip. Oh, yeah, I did right? tell
0: that story on here. Yes, twice in the same <laughs> trip. Um, so I'm an expert. I know all about Right. Uh, yeah, they built a little bit to the West. Uh, they just, they tore up a bunch of other corn. So there's some farmer who should be getting yelled at there the neighbors should be sitting at the side of the road with their coolers yelling at him. Although I would get major, major league baseball.
2: Here's paid a quite a bit more. Are we, ta- are we talking sweet corn or the, the utilitarian whatever corn that you feed to animals? No, you're talking,
0: whatever? Yeah. You're talking field corn, talking seed. You're talking the stuff that they make, um, uh, Stuff you don't eat, but they make all kinds yeah. of shit that you eat out of, and gives people, um, you know, diabetes Oil. And, yeah, right, yes, no, uh, yeah, sweet corn is a different, different thing. We, we leave that up to like the green giants of the world. They grow. That yeah, this is the stuff they make ethanol out of. I was gonna say? Ah, yes, gonna gonna save uh, the world with ethanol, which. Would be nice if it worked right. I mean, mostly, it leaves a little bit of water in your gas tank, and um, <laughs> people wonder why the bottoms of their cars rust out. But that's fine. Other than that, um, yeah. But there's going to be Cubs and Reds, and the Reds, after starting the season, what was it? it was predict- three and twenty-two? Is that what they were?
2: That sounds right. I don't know if it is technically precise.
0: They are. Forty-four and sixty-four, so that's basically like forty-one and forty-two. They're red hot. They're almost five hundred.
2: And that's after trading a bunch of guys. Yeah, they don't they after, trade like, all the guys. And India and I don't know how they're doing it. Maybe David Bell is a magician as a manager.
0: Yeah, on the twenty on the fifth of May, Cinco de Mayo. They celebrated Cinco de Mayo by losing to Milwaukee to go.
2: Three and twenty two. Or like a game, Lost
0: the aim, won a couple, and uh of recent vintage here they uh No, they're playing about five hundred. They won two, lost two, won two, lost one. So Cubs had their hands full. It was a little embarrassing that the Cubs got caught in the standings by a team that had started three and twenty two. But
2: what
1: you yeah. do you
2: um do you care about the uh, the throwback uniforms people like uh, i mean we've seen it's not anything we haven't seen but um what do you think about the the little bear and the
0: well i know i know what you think of the little bear
2: <laughs> i like i like the bear but it does look like it's sitting on a toilet it does
0: does bear do the bear shit in the woods yeah. apparently yes with, with the a bat they take a bat move out with it right
2: them. that's how they wipe
0: uh, actually, I like those uniforms. I think they're I think they're nice. I like a uh, the 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 Giants have like a cream colored uniform. I think that's yeah. I think it's underused. As someone pointed out, that was the yeah. Uh, it so like, oh, it's going to be cream colored uniforms against white uniforms. I remember when the Astros that was their road uniform. Right, home whites and road creams. They didn't have grays, and you could tell the difference. I mean, it's not basketball. You're not going to throw the ball yeah. to the wrong team.
2: Because right. the uniforms it's, look similar. Vinny Tester Birdie is not – is he the colorblind quarterback? <laughs> yes, yes, he is. You know, he's not going to throw a pick six.
0: I almost thought that was funny, that Vinny <clears> – <throat> one of the reasons he struggled so badly with Tampa was because the their creamsicle uniforms, <laughs> to him, they were very, they were hardly any different than the – Uh, than a white uniform that the other team might be wearing. And so he's just back there. Everybody looks the same. That's great. And it's like, okay, you paid how much for this guy? He's your number one pick. You couldn't darken up the uniforms for him? Now, Vinny had famously um, his... I don't know who did it. If it was his wife, if it was like the guy he bought his clothes from. But he had this... I'm sure he still does to this day. He had like a color coding system so that people could tell him like what shirt to wear with what pants because he, you know, didn't want to look bad. And so they were basically, you remember garanimals? Yes. Yes. They're basically garanimals for adults. And so I always thought that was funny, but it was even more embarrassing when Peyton Manning was a rookie with the Colts and his, he's not colorblind, <laughs> but his mom had to go through and like, group his clothes together. Like, put he put, like, a whole outfit on a hanger for Peyton because he showed up for a game dressed like... I don't know if you remember the famous uh, uh, Britney Spears and Justin... I don't know what award show it was, but they both wore nothing but denim. <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. that was Peyton, apparently, to one of his first home games at the good old RCA Dome. And uh, Archie and Olivia were like, oh, no, no, no. we This can't happen again. So she went through and she, like paired all of his clothes for her adult son. Yikes. I'm sure he well, would I, say, well, I'm just so focused on football. I can't worry about fashion.
2: <laughs> Omaha. And then he runs out. Yeah. You what? just scream Omaha and then run. Yeah. Well, I can't make too much fun of all these people because for a couple of reasons, I'm colorblind, although I never had to have anything coordinated like that. Like well, you're, func-
0: you're functionally colorblind. Yes.
2: Yes. I'm. Yes, that's a great. Thank you. That's very, I don't know, em- empathetic of you. Or yeah. Way to put um, it. But my 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 the first date that me and my wife and I went on, I was all denim, like a Canadian tuxedo. Oh, <laughs> well,
0: there you go.
2: So I'm relating way too much. To, like, well, you know, what you're talking? About.
0: You probably must. You must have. You've been be able to pull it off. She's like, yeah, it looks good.
2: It's still together. It doesn't look it's good, good on most
0: people, good. but it looks good on you. Yeah, I have two of my cousins are colorblind, and one of them um, we're real close in age, and we were we were, were close. And he, it's more than once. He would like we'd be going out, and he'd be like, "All right, uh, does, should I be wearing this shirt?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it looks fine." Okay, because he couldn't tell. He's like, "I don't know what it is. I just I threw it on, and I don't know. I don't you know. I don't want to scare all the girls off." was that no so back to the uniforms i like those uniforms those are the um those are like the hack wilson era yeah uh, although the hat does not go with the they mixed they mixed uh decades the um so
2: that wasn't the hat that they wore back in the I, day i don't I believe
0: i don't believe it was and then they showed some pictures of hack in it and they didn't have the little the little bear i think the bear was old the bear was on the jersey he's in the sea like it is on that jersey yeah, yeah. But I don't know if they either just had all blue hats or they already had the Red Sea on the hats back then. Uh, but it's nice. And it immediately made me think of uh, former Cubs center fielder great Jim Edmonds. Um, in 2008, they wore a bunch of throwback uniforms. And there was a, a famous uh, game with the uh, Braves where uh, Jim Edmonds hit a game-tying home run late in the game off of Tim Hudson. And the Cubs were wearing those, a version of that uniform. looked just like it, except they were the old Chicago whales. So there was a whale Man. inside the sea, not the little cubby bear. But those that's a kind of a nice-looking uniform. The Reds, their uniform, they all their old uniforms look ridiculous. The stupid white hat with the pinstripes. It's like, all right, good. I guess if you don't look like a clown, look like a clown.
2: They, they remind me, and either you, I guess you see this or you don't, I don't. Know how to explain it, but they 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 look like ice cream men.
0: They do absolutely. No. That's going to be kids from Iowa running out into the field with you know with dollar bills in their hands. <laughs> oh, another one! no oh, kids, he's not selling ice cream. He's playing shortstop.
2: So, do you think there's a chance that Frank will be back with the team on, on the game?
0: Oh, it's only 48 hours. Yeah, I I would guess that he spent. So yeah, he, he he got the word yesterday. I would guess he spent all night last night uh hammering nails and it was tires trying that <laughs> ruse that ruse again right. um and as i told you before we came out i said that i think it would be funny if the cubs were like you know what frank just get on just you know get on the bus we're come with us we'll drop you off in des moines on our way <laughs> oh i'm oh, so close uh okay so one thing we learned uh from the uh, uh carter hawkins the man who was supposedly the general manager of the Cubs, did an interview uh, right before the trade deadline. And he got asked about the Field of Dreams game, and the Cubs are, I'm sure the Reds are doing the same thing, the Cubs are flying in on Thursday afternoon, and they are flying home on Thursday night. They're spending the um, least amount of time possible in the state of Iowa.
2: Couldn't find a four-star? I
0: mean, it's got to be like a, it's... Dubuque, they got just, they got like a super eight in Dubuque, I think. It's only like thirty miles away.
2: They got riverboat action in Dubuque. There should be some nice Dubuque. touristy uh, yeah. locations.
0: Dubuque's not a Dubuque's actually not a terrible town. Um,
2: that's what it says on the signs. It's not in. a
0: terrible town. Yeah. It's not like Des Moines where they say the uh, the s's are silent, but um, not the city. What I forget? It's Pat Hughes said fifteen times a game. Um, Dubuque's, their tourist thing is, it's, it's not as bad as you think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I guess that'll be fun. Um, I mean, if you got to watch the Cubs and the Reds, there might as well be some kind of something else going on. And I, you know, corn seems like as good a thing as any to have out there. Why not? It's great. Um, I was kind of surprised, I guess it's, I maybe shouldn't be surprised because it's baseball, but that, when they first announced they were going to do a Field of Dreams game, it really sounded like it was going to be kind of this cool one-off. Yeah. And, the you know, the baseball's like, oh, no, no, we're going to do, we're going to run this into the ground. We're going to, we're going to do this for years. Long after you've all lost interest, we're still going to be doing it. Like, oh, good. And assigning two of the worst teams in the National League to the game is a pretty good way to accelerate that process. So congratulations Tobe Manford.
2: It, it does and it does seem like they are already running it into the ground. Maybe it I know it got a late start, you know, with the pandemic and all that. But maybe it should they should do it every two years or something like that. I mean maybe I'm sure
0: that, the thing was, look, we're gonna build this stadium, we need to use it. Yeah, right. So I guess that's what we'll do. Um Maybe what they should do is whatever team—I guess it would be the A's this year—whoever has the lowest attendance has to play the next season at the Field of Dreams Park.
2: <laughs> and Could the A's call the game out?
0: And then you're exempt. You don't. Then you get to go back to your at least for another year. You, you can go right. back to Oakland now, and the A's be like, "We don't want to go back. <laughs> this cornfield's a much nicer park than the one we play in. We're perfectly happy here.
2: It doesn't flood." Uh sewage
0: corn sweat though that could be a real problem hopefully they corn sweat yeah corn sweat it's about this time of year the corn is actually giving off moisture into the air and if it's a humid day you could have guys passing out out there in the (laughs) out in the cornfield that's a real it's a real risk i hope i hope they do some kind of public service announcement about it during the game corn sweat it's uh
2: i didn't see that during the uh the
0: movie <laughs> yeah they really they really they, down, they really downplayed the effect of corn sweat on right. on the Kinsella family but it can be a real thing so the uh, I don't know if you we talked about it I don't know if you remembered the Padres made some huge trades at the trade deadline uh, including Juan Soto and Josh Bell and now they're bad are they bad Is, are they bad because they made those trades?
2: yeah they uh, they didn't know what a good thing they had, and uh, you know be careful what you wish for and all that other stuff so they, it's funny this is um they've had some they had a lot of uh adversity last year too. they did not respond well to it. no they didn't and finished the season uh, I believe twelve and thirty four, which is really hard to do. Like, no matter how bad you are. Like yeah, the, the Cubs you know, didn't even do that. Right. Um, so this is really the first time that, uh, and this year they've had, you know, they haven't had Tatis all season, and they've had other issues that haven't gone well. But uh, Bob Melvin, you know, one of the more respected skippers in the league, he's, uh, up until this point, um, kept them going. So, they're you know, they're, they're just having a hard time getting, uh, you know, Juan Soto and the other new pieces to fit, I guess. Although I did see him make a nice play in right field with that weird outfield at Petco, which just juts out. I don't think OSHA approved. <laughs> Replace it with corn or something.
0: Yeah, every year they're like, could you – all right, our uh, our recommendation is that that corner in right field, you need take a pool noodle and slice it, and then just stuff it on that corner. That'll protect the outfielder from the, that pointiness. That's a that's a real thing. That I'm sure they tell them. I just thought it was funny that you know it'd been like a week and everybody's like, oh, the the, the trade didn't work. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: like, oh, like, can we give it more than a week? Maybe you know, they played, they had to play the Dodgers a bunch, and the Dodgers are kind of good, so that might have something to do with
2: it. They are kind of good, and they already were kind of well in front, so it wasn't like you know. The, the idea wasn't to add all these players to add Juan Soto and then pass the Dodgers right in August, you know, it's
0: a, we're only 16 games behind. I
2: think we can catch them. Right. So patience, everybody, patience.
0: So during, I watched, uh, some of the Padres and Dodgers that were on Sunday night baseball. And I had watched it the week before because the, uh, the Cubs were on, maybe it was two weeks before. It was just the week before? Anyway, recently, the Cubs had been on. And uh, Poseidon Baseball is really leaning into the miking the players and talking to them on the field thing. And in the Cub game, they decided they wanted to talk to Seiya. Which is fine, except obviously you have to talk to his his translator, Toy, Toy Matsushita. And then he's going to ask saya and then saya's going to answer to him and then he's going to answer back to you. And it's like okay this is this is, does not make for good TV at all. It just doesn't. But the thing that makes for worse TV is that and Carl was still doing it cuz they interviewed Juan Soto while he was playing right field in Dodger Stadium. Carl Ravich asks like six-part questions. And right. it's like Carl you're going to have to you're going to have to simplify the questions. Cause it's kind of pointless. Um, but he did uh, Juan did actually have to field the ball while they was talking to them, which I thought was pretty funny because it just usually seems like they interview an outfielder and you just see them like occasionally they have to run over and like back up a play, but you never get one. He Juan made a nice play in the gap and uh, Carl was quick to tell him nice play. <laughs> he goes, Hey, thanks. That was funny.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's probably the only part of that interview in that case that made so yeah you got to be concise you got to keep it simple it's um i mean as someone who tries to think up questions to ask these guys it can be hard it can be hard to come up with good questions and it also to just not talk circles around yourself while doing it you know so right but but you'd think
0: yeah they know it's not like they, I might assume, yes. maybe, I, who knows? Maybe they literally just send a guy into the dugout and like, who wants it? Damn, I want to talk to Carl Ravage. <laughs> and they just stick the thing in your ear and send you out there. I have a feeling it's prearranged and uh, uh, Carl and Eduardo Perez and David Cohn and all of their many producers and Buster Olney, they've got hours to write questions. I think you could yeah. take, like, who do I want to talk to him about? Okay. How about we, it's going to be, how about we come up with a question that is one part and one sentence and like eight words long can we try that yeah let's try it
2: and let's do five of those and then just in case we have enough time to fill and then don't make it a yes or no
0: and there was uh, there was controversy during the seya interview because he got asked actually this was funny so i was writing along i was writing my column while i was watching the game and i thought they took a break for like two innings because uh (laughs) He was. They were interviewing him in the dugout, not in the field. Um, and then he had to bat one inning, so they skipped it, and then they went back to him later. But I was like, I th- if you're going to do this, I think do it. If you want to talk to him in the field, make his translator stand out in right field with him, <laughs> and you're talking to him, and he's just yelling to Saya what the question is. And I even joked, this would be funny if he's. So you see him and Saya both running after the ball, and he's just yelling, Carl wants to know if you think Chicago-style pizza is a casserole. <laughs> and I wrote that joke and thought ha that's hilarious and then very ne- they finally they go back the next half inning mic'd again they got the interpreter first question is what do you put on your hot dogs oh. <laughs> but he said there was some uh, controversy because uh, one of the things Say had a lot of stuff that he likes to put on hot dogs and one of the things was ketchup oh that doesn't right. that, no that doesn't go over in Chicago very well which I always no. think is funny like I don't put I don't put ketchup on eye dogs either, but when you eat Chicago-style dog, the thing is covered in tomatoes. So are we really supposed to get that huffy about ketchup?
2: There's some hypocrisy going on, for sure.
0: But here's where I thought the controversy was. Now, I don't speak that much Japanese. (laughs) Uh, Only what I picked up watching the uh, Michael Keaton movie Gung-Ho. That's pretty much all I know. But he clearly said, I heard him say, wasabi ketchup hmm. and that's a thing and i think right. you should be forgiven for having ketchup if it's wasabi ketchup because you know now you've got you, you give it a nice little kick so i'm i'm gonna be nice to say it. i'm not gonna besmirch his uh hot dog toppings
2: no i i think you are you know technically correct is the best kind of correct and it it, it ceases sort to, of to become ketchup when you add the wasabi to it, it's mm-hmm. a it's a different condiment altogether. I mean, not altogether, but largely, that's a different thing. So I think I don't know what else. You know, if you added wasabi to something else, I have had
0: I have had wasabi mayo, mm. and it's good. on a hot dog. I, yes, on a hot dog, and on uh, sandwiches, it's pretty good. Yeah, so. Maybe I'll start hanging out with Saya. We'll just go. We'll try all the condiments with wasabi in them.
2: I think that would be fun. I would hang
0: out. Okay, all this food talk. This is a very focused podcast that we're doing tonight. I like this. Um, all this food talk has made me think of something I forgot to talk about twice. I mentioned it to you once when we were after after we wrapped up a podcast. It's a food-related topic that's also a tv related topic. Mm-hmm. Perfect for the baseball podcast, but actually, it is. So there's that show on hulu called the bear yeah and so it's about this uh it's about this fictional chicago like uh i don't even know what kind of restaurant supposed to be. it's supposed to be like a mr beef i guess except right they, um they seem to make all kinds of other stuff too like the menu is way too big for what they where they are and what their clientele is and that but anyway um i i th- I don't know if enjoy is the right word for the show because it's like, it's purposely tense. Yes. Like they're, I mean, you've watched it, right? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, the whole thing is like, they're constant chaos in there and you, it's a half hour long and you think, ha it's a breezy little half hour comedy. And you're sweating by like minute 24. <laughs> like, oh my God, you know, they're going to kill each other and they're going to run out of food. And the health code inspector is going to shut them down. And there's, um, but in one of the episodes, one of the, I think like the third or fourth episode, there's this weird thing in it where, um, so this one guy, the the bear. Well, I guess he's not. Is he the bear? Yeah. The is, it, is that? It's their Carmine? last name, right? Is like something close to bear, and that's I guess his nickname. I don't know. Anyway, the guy oh, who right. never the guy the the head the head chef, everybody's chef, but the head chef, the guy who never combs his hair, um,
2: doesn't wear a hairnet.
0: He has inherited this restaurant from his brother, who killed himself. And his sister um, is—I don't know if she owns any of it. I guess it doesn't really matter. But anyway, uh, she has a like this dopey husband that nobody likes. They just think he's kind of a dope. But um, some habits. There's a. I don't remember their power outage, whatever. They have to like take all the stuff from the freezers and find place for it. And they call her and they end up having to take a bunch of stuff over to their, to, to her house and put it in like their big chest freezer. <laughs> and they're putting the stuff in the big chest freezer. And as they like they're socks fans. And as they like open the freezer, close the freezer, there's a big cub logo on the wall.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the, the one guy who calls himself their cousin, but he's not really their cousin. He's just, you know, he's like a, family friend who they've you know informally uh, unformal, informally informally adopted <laughs> um but he's a dick that's his whole thing is he's a dick and he's like co huh i'll bet you can't even name the first baseman <laughs> and i heard the answer and i was like what and i had to rewind it and listen to it again <laughs> because i couldn't believe what i heard so he's, cause, But he gives the answer, and the guy's like, oh, I guess you are a Cub fan. So he says, who's the first baseman? The guy's answer, because I had to check to make sure I didn't hear Anthony Rizzo. His <laughs> answer was Alfonso Rivas. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, when did they write this? And who was the guy who was like, you know who's going to be the first? Alpha, I, think, I think it's Alfonso
2: <laughs> Where's the... They should have someone who's into fantasy baseball and the quality control part of the show. <laughs> That's really unlikely. Well, the I don't thing think. about it
0: was when when it aired, he was they were right.
1: Kinda. Right.
0: I mean, he was play He was on the team. He was playing first base. He was, you know, maybe not every day, but I just thought it was the most absurd thing I right. heard in a TV show. It's like, whew, who is hanging their hat on Alfonso Rivas being the first baseman for the Cubs?
2: It's a. Uh, it's sort of a I don't know, it's um an East, like an easter egg. It's it's sort of a something to show people like us that they're really thinking about this, you know, the details in oh, yeah. the well, show.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff like that in the show and people love to nitpick it. Um like one of the big most obvious things was the the episode where they get the bad health code review. Yeah. They have to hang a big C in the window. That's the New York thing. They don't do that mm. in Chicago. They don't. You don't. You have to stick your big letter grade in the window. Uh, and then there are other times where they'll show that there are certain parts of it are, were clearly not filmed in Chicago, even though it's one of those things where they it was a show where they did like that they came to Chicago for you know, ER used to do this. Yeah, they would show up for like a week and they would try to shoot as much external stuff as possible, so that when they edited it during the season, it's like look we're really there. Mm-hmm. but they they don't they never shoot enough and there's other things they have to fake and that was always pissing everybody off so anyway that was my bear that was a long time to tell. that was a long way to tell that one bear story about uh alfonso Rivas, but uh that's where you get
2: i didn't realize that that one character was not actually their cousin
0: yeah no he's not really their cousin he's just he's like a he's a, like a childhood friend who was around because so they look
2: like they could be related they have that they have a there's a certain ethnicity. I don't know if it's like uh, Polish or Lithuanian, but they look like they're from Chicago. These people, some of these people, some of them, the cousin and the and the bear guy, Carmine, and they're not. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe the, the maybe the cousin is. But Carmine's. I think from Brooklyn. The actor.
0: Yeah. The funny thing was, so the cousin guy. I kept. It's one of those things. Sorry, I the first couple episodes, much. I'm like, who is? I know this guy. Where do I know him from? Yeah, and I kept—I couldn't place him. Um, so there was a uh, Hulu did a movie, not even a movie. It's like a mini. Everything's a freaking limited series these days. Yeah. On uh, the uh, the Elizabeth Holmes, um, yeah. Theranos, the her whole her whole scheme where she was gonna. Make this machine that you could, with a thimble full of blood, you could do run all of these blood tests at home and blah blah blah. Yeah. she defrauded a bunch of people, including George Schultz and uh, <laughs>
2: George
0: like Schultz. Mad Dog Mattis and
2: all kinds of these. Henry Kissinger things. was Henry Kissinger?
0: I think um, probably. Why not? I'm I, actually, I think you're right. Um, so I had already, I had. There's a great documentary which I was on Hulu about it, and I also read the book Bad Blood, which is written by this guy named John Roo. and I was like, who is Cousin? Well, it turns out he's the guy in the movie, in the Dropout, which Amanda Seyfried plays Elizabeth. I and mean, she's incredible. Um, and then for people, hey, why not just turn this into a, a TV podcast? Um, <laughs> so it turns out the guy who played John Kerry Rue is the Cousin. That was the guy. That's what I knew him wow. from. I'm like, oh, okay, now I've spotted him. Uh, but my favorite th- casting choice in the Dropout was uh, Elizabeth Holm gets in- gets involved with this older Indian uh, man who um had started a company in california and sold it for like 30 million dollars or whatever and loved to remind everybody that he sold this company for 30 million dollars but he was taking like courses at stanford just f- for fun and ended up on a trip to china with elizabeth holmes that's where he met her and he ended up at some point being she brought him in to help run the company and then they even though he's like 30 years older than her, they started it. They had this romance, and his name is Sonny Belwani, and in the book, he's like the big villain, because he seems like a real prick. In the TV show, the guy they cast is... um, I'm going to get his last name wrong. Naveen Andrews? I think that's right. He's the guy who played um, Saeed on Lost. Oh, right. So he didn't look anything like Sonny Belwani, who was this old, fat, short guy. But what they did it just cracked me up every time. It's basically the entire show. It looks like uh, it looks like Saeed from Lost with a pillow in his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do anything to make him look older than and fatter, except they just literally just shoved something in the front of his shirt. <laughs> it's like, all right, what is the what is the makeup budget on this show? A dollar?
2: Naveen that's no that's know, calling what? that would uh, Oscar winning outfits like, costumes
0: like davine i think we're getting to the next year and he's a little fatter could you bring your own pillow <laughs> you could double up on the pillows you guys don't have we we only have a budget for one pillow okay that'd be good but i cracked me up that was another thing and, and at first i'm like who is this guy and i'm like that looks like Sa- <laughs> that looks like saeed
2: wait but it is <laughs> it is Ugh.
0: Uh, okay, it's so back to baseball, because this is a baseball
2: podcast. No, oh, I guess.
0: Um, so, what, like, the worst possible time, it's never great to lose one of your best players, but the worst possible time has to be, like, right after the trade deadline. <laughs> right. So, somebody today on Twitter said, I just saw Tim Anderson in a cast in the hospital.
2: Ah, and everybody's, oh, everybody's like,
0: everybody's like, what? No, the White Sox are in Kansas City. And then the White Sox are like, oh, yeah, he tore 10 and he's in Chicago in a hospital having a cast put on it. And it's like, oh, I guess that guy was right. <laughs> I don't remember, remember the guys who broke the uh, Jose Quintana trade. Like, yeah. wet <laughs> butt 23 and whatever. I wonder if wet butt was the guy who was at the <laughs> hospital. <laughs> now, wait, who said that he was not wet? Oh, wet butt. He's never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the ticker on NBC Sports Chicago, you know, first reported by Wet Butt Twenty Three, zipping by. Um,
2: well, it's I mean, it is a good thing that the Sox fortifi- made some fortifications at the trade deadline with Jake Deakman and Jake Deakman. <laughs> they got two Jake Deakman, the Jake Deakmans, and uh, that's it. But so they that- they have brought up Lennon Sosa who's the socialist shortstop from the minors. And he had a home run today. So Well,
0: maybe we this is the spark they're going to need. Because the last time Tim got hurt, uh, when he left his groin in a puddle uh, against the Cubs, <laughs> uh, they uh, they had the great Danny Mendick. And they don't have the great Danny Mendick anymore because he left his knee in a pile over by the – because they're the White Sox. And uh, I even saw this. This was, this was maybe my favorite take. Um, there was a guy who was like oh, the White side, who, of course, they're injury prone because they don't have Herm Schneider anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. The tr- one trainer was holding it all together. Without him, they're lost. But, uh, so that's going to make their, uh, uh, you know, losing Tim Anderson for six weeks. I was not having a great season, but he's still, he'd fall out of bed and hit 300. And, um,
2: I think that's, that's, how, he hit I was say, that's how he hurt his hand himself. He's falling out of bed trying to hit
0: 300. <clears throat> yeah, he's been. Uh,
2: yeah, he he hasn't been. I, at first, I thought I didn't know that it was uh, on a check swing, in a recent at bat in Texas. They think that's where it happened. Um, well, you know, I thought well that's I thought maybe that's why he hasn't been hitting because he had this injury yeah. and wasn't uh, being for you know he's trying to play through it and be a tough guy and all that. But no. He's just slumping to slump. Yeah. And um, so now they've uh, – it's going to force Tony La Russa to put uh, Larry Garcia at, at two positions at once, I think.
0: <laughs> Actually, I got good news for Sox fans. I'm sure there's so many listen to this podcast since I typically refuse to talk about them. Um, Anderson Simmons is out there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean – I can see it. Cubs just made him available it's, for you. I could see it. I mean, you're we're, you're joking, but.
0: Oh, no, I'm only kind of joking.
2: And I know. It's the kind of thing know. that
0: they would do, and then Tony would play him every day.
2: He would. He would. Uh,
0: the good news, if, if for the Sox fans, if, if they get him, uh, he has saved up all of his hits. He didn't <laughs> use any of them yet this year. He was 13 for 75 with the Cubs. Uh, that's. A I love
2: that you you think that. Well, you don't really think, but I love that 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 idea that that's how that works.
0: <laughs> that's like the old. Every time a guy would break a bat, you know, they'd be like, "Oh, here's a new one. It's got still got all its hits in it."
2: <laughs> right.
0: But yeah, so you pick up Andleton. He uh, he really. I, I don't. I'm really surprised the Cubs gave up on him because. Uh, he had, You're surprised if you give up on anybody, aren't you? He had a double. He had one. That was his extra. He had one extra base hit with the Cubs. It was a double. It's always a good sign when you his batting average was one seventy three and he slugged one eighty seven. So
2: it's Miguel Cabrera like power.
0: I don't know how anybody mm-hmm. could have seen it coming because last year with the Twins he hit a uh, robust two twenty three with a two eighty three on base and a two seventy four slug. Uh, it seemed like he was. Hit 15 extra base hits last year and 412 at bats.
2: Oh my goodness! I
0: mean that's pretty good.
2: He yeah. had made himself a a better hitter. <clears throat> excuse me. Up until uh, maybe 2017, 2018. You know yeah, he was well, kind of well
0: as late as the in the pandemic year. He had 297 with a 346 on base. Mm-hmm. He did play he didn't slug. He's like 356. He right. hasn't slugged. Since 2018, and that was four seventeen. Yeah. That wasn't exactly but twenty six doubles and eleven homers.
2: So at his absolute peak five years ago, four years ago, he would be a useful hitter. Yeah. And a and a very good defensive player. And I'm not even sure if his, his range is there anymore. Hopefully it isn't, so the White Sox don't sign him. But <laughs> if his range
0: his range might have still been there, but his um his arm, arm is shot. Yeah. Whether permanently or not, he um, the Cubs made a couple of really big pickups right before um, right as spring at the early days of spring training after the lockout. (laughs) Key key acquisitions: Uh, Anderson, Simmons, and Jonathan VR. Two guys who clearly were like, "Wait, the lockout's over!" Oh shit, (laughs) Hyper should probably start working out. VR showed up like thirty pounds overweight. It was hilariously overweight. And uh, Anderson showed up and played catch the first day and then couldn't throw a baseball for, like, three weeks after that. (laughs) And the Cubs were like, we gave how many million to these two? That's that's a great investment. That's wonderful.
2: Yeah, at this point, those are the kind of guys that maybe you bring in at spring training sort of expecting to cut before spring training's over without, you know, them having too much of an influence on what actually might happen during the regular season.
0: The Cubs clearly thought that – VR would be a guy they would trade at the deadline like oh versatile guy and it's like have you been scouting him right and the funny thing is that since the Cubs waived him I think he's been picked up by two other teams for like a couple of days it's almost like the Mariners are one of them they sign him and he shows up and they're kind of like he walks in they're like oh (laughs) oh hey Jonathan We, Um, we see that yeah um we we have a post game buffet, but you got to leave some for everybody else. <laughs> so he's uh, he's having these short trips to to other teams, which is really I've, I've been enjoying that. I he was a Jazza was a good player, uh, but that's been he a while. was. It's it's been a while, I think. Yeah, he got 13 games in with the Angels, and then he got zero games in with the Mariners. But they brought him in, and they were like, "Okay, no, we're we're not." You can't. No, you can't. You you must leave.
2: You know there is MLB TV. You'd think that they could have just scouted him on there.
0: Well, maybe he looks. uh, Maybe he looks slimmer on a like a computer screen. I suppose he looks so much smaller. Yeah, he was. He was four inches tall. Four K
2: does. Yeah.
0: Well, that reminds me. You're mentioning a 4K reminds me of um, so one of the one of the guys that um, I like to uh, uh, chat with on the Twitters is this guy named uh, Philip Swan, who covers. Mm -hmm. He runs the TV predictions uh, website, and that's his Twitter feed. And he he's like the guy who has news about. Actually, one of the things I used to go to for was he was the guy who would tell you what was going to be in 4K. Like, coming up this week... You know, because I got obviously got a 4K TV. Like, any, any, you buy any rel- relatively new TV now. And then I upgraded my Xfinity receiver so that I could get 4K. And there's like three things a month that are actually on in 4K. So, I'm like, right. whatever. But he's also he's, with other stuff, you know, he'll break like news about who's going to, um, like, he was like one of the first guys to report that the ESPN was no longer going to be in the running for uh, Big Ten football or basketball, which is a big deal. All that kind of stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, he was. Uh, he was uh, seemed to be offended by the fact that the Reds are wearing their 1919 throwbacks in the field of dreams game oh he's like what do you, what, what, why are they wearing those for the world series that got handed to them and so my my reply to him was it's literally the point of the movie <laughs> <laughs> there's no more perfect jersey to wear than that one the right. whole reason that there's eight guys wandering around in the cornfield is because they threw that World Series to the Reds.
2: Yeah, the the irony and the umbrage I suppose would be like, you know, the, the White Sox played in that game. You know, they're the team that threw the, yeah. the thing. Hey,
0: let's celebrate the time we, we threw the World Series.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point.
0: Well, that was a whole thing. Um, you know, when the Cubs were suffering under the curse of the billy goat. I always remember thinking the White Sox don't have a curse. Right. They threw a world series. You're telling me that a, that a team kicking a billy goat out of the bleachers at a world series game has offended the baseball gods more than eight dudes taking cash to intentionally lose a world series.
2: Well, I don't think Buck Weaver took anything, but maybe seven. (laughs) No. Yeah. It's uh you're making a point about Chicago baseball that I have agreed with ever since time immemorial.
0: Well, and there and there probably was a curse because the city of Chicago, with two baseball teams, went from 1917 until 2003 before one of those baseball teams actually won a playoff series. <laughs>
2: Yeah, not even a championship, but no, a series. just the Cubs
0: beating the Braves in the first round right. of the playoffs was enough to send us all into, you know, we were all we were rioting in the streets, setting couches on fire.
2: Yeah, I remember actually being I mean, I was in the media, but I was still excited about the fact that a Chicago team had won a playoff series. And I in my lifetime, I never thought it would. I mean, I figured it would happen, but. I was beginning to wonder
0: well and it's funny and we haven't um i remember this crap we have not the wheel has not landed on 2003 yet no it has we did the 2003 i'm thinking of a different wheel it hasn't landed on yet <laughs> it hasn't landed in 1984 which is obviously the other big um yeah one because we're only doing in this iteration of remember this crap, we're only going up to 2011 because my my co-host Mike Downey stopped paying attention for a few years after 2011, <laughs> and really? then I didn't want to get too close to now because it's like okay, the whole idea of the podcast is to like re- try to see what we can remember, right? And talk about it. Well, like if if we're if we're that daft that we it lands on the 2016 Cubs and we're like I don't remember this. like we're, of course we remember everything about that, so that we need to get some space. We that's years down the road before we get it. Right. Uh, so in the 2003 one, I guess I must have actually talked about it. But um, because of how you know that the, that Brave series was amazing, it was so much fun. And yeah. uh, we had the you had Kerry Wood pitch a great twice. You had Mark Pryor out dueling Greg Maddox at Wrigley. Uh, the Cubs managed to blow game four, and it's like, okay, I mean, now we got to get on the plane, go to Atlanta. It's like, well, they're screwed. There's no way they're going to win that, and then they win that game. And but that team is not remembered all that fondly because of what happened in game six and seven of the NLCS. Right. I mean it's not like people are going to hit the two thousand three Cubs. What you don't what you you immediately remember all the bad shit that happened in those last two games. Right. And the other stuff that I guess the point I made on the thing was if they had if they had played the Marlins they just lost like in typical Cub fashion at the time, which was to lose four games to nothing or four games to one. Then all what we would remember more than anything was the Brave series, yeah, right, and then oh yeah, it sucked, you know the Marlins beat us and blah 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 blah, but instead, because you know you get within um you know eight outs of the world series, and um it's all of a sudden it's not so the, you don't have the cutesy memories <laughs> of the Brave right. series anymore. you just remember the uh, the torment of uh, game six and seven.
2: And that's, you know, and that's how it is with 2016. Obviously, everybody remembers Game 7, but people remember games that happened before that or the playoff series that happened before that. It's all, you know, it's uh, so much good that happened at that point that you, you kind of remember it all. You don't remember just the end of those. Right. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, if it had ended with, if if the Indians tack on one more run in that inning, and they end up going on to win the World Series. Then we were obsessing over um over game 7. And the stuff that we think back to now, you know, Javi's home run off Johnny Cueto in game 1, um the wild comeback in game 4 against the Giants, um Anthony Rizzo using Matt Caesar's bat and and, and <laughs> As Russell wearing Matt Caesar's underwear. Um <laughs> To to turn that around. The Miguel Montero, the Grand Slam. And then, yeah. and then the game, um, you know, game six, when Kyle Hendricks and Aroldis face one over the minimum and, um, you know, Breeze to a We won't remember any of that stuff. But you're right. right, because we won the World Series, now it's all like one big piece. And we remember right. all of it. And we luxuriate in all that. So, and it's weird, because like with the Bears... Um I get to, what I what I remember of the second Super Bowl is Devin running the kickoff back for a touchdown and then right. nothing. It's like it's right. all been expunged from my memory. I have vague recollections of Rex's tiny little wet hands not being able to hold on to the ball <laughs> and him throwing a interception and Musim Muhammad not even bothering to chase the guy who intercepted the pass. I mean there are certain things I remember. and um what Daonic Rhodes like running for 400 yards. I know what happened, but I can't like if you held a gun in my head i couldn't right i couldn't tell you what order any of that should happen in
2: um, no and it's it's universally true i know you you know you didn't pay attention to the white Sox, but when they won the world series you know people will also remember uh, aj prezinski stealing first against the angels and uh,
0: that i remember because it did because he cheated
2: <laughs> right in the hist- yeah Cheated to win this time, I and mean, that—that's what turned the curse around with the yeah. White Sox. We cheated to win, that's. See, that was the good part. You're probably right. And then, uh, like uh, El Duque pitching out of a jam against the Red Sox and, and the playoffs, and so yeah, it's that is universally true what you're saying about World Series memories. It's just sort of uh, it's like a lovely pearl necklace that you just add little jewels to remember everything that happened.
0: I saw a highlight from the 05 World Series that I'd never seen before on Sunday. Um because I didn't watch any of the games, didn't, you know.
2: <laughs> I've, been,
0: I've been subjected to some others. I've seen um
2: <laughs> subjected.
0: Yes. I've seen Juan Uribe's catch. Yeah, I've seen that. Um I don't think I've ever had to actually see the Scotty uh Scotty Pod's home run. Right. Um so the game on Sunday on Peacock was um, Orioles-Guardians. Right. And the um, Guardians announcer was uh, Rick Manning, and the Orioles – no, it was the Astros. It wasn't the Orioles. I could say that because Trey Mancini was mic'd up, but he's not an Oriole anymore. He's an Astro. The <laughs> Astros announcer right. was Jeff Blum. yes. And Jason Benetti was like, hey, you know, Jeff, I'm getting (laughs) I'm getting uh, tweets from White Sox fans wondering why this is not just three hours of us talking about the 2005 World Series. (laughs) And then they replayed the Jeff Blum's Homer. And I sat and watched it and go, I've never seen that before. (laughs) (laughs) And I still don't care. But now I've seen it. So there's an extra White Sox highlight now in my head that had never been there before.
1: Ah. I knew he'd
0: hit one. I you know, heard the tales, right. but I'd never right. seen it before. I was not that impressed, but that's fine.
2: <laughs> well, it was one of the few runs scored in that game. Not very much offense happening. It was it was so late into the night that the uh, – I remember the Northwest Herald, I was covering that for – I was a columnist for them. They, they literally stopped the presses for the White Sox until that game was over. We were, and then we had to turn around and write something. I have no idea what I wrote. <laughs> it probably didn't make any sense or was any good, but they stopped it for us. So – it, it was kind of fun to uh, have the presses stopped for you.
0: And that would be – um, it would be impossible for them to do it now. Right. Because I believe they print all of the Shaw papers in Milwaukee.
2: On the moon. Oh, right.
0: And so they they couldn't – they'd be delivering those things at, like, 2.30 in the afternoon if they the presses. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they've got to – they're printing the onion next, so we're going to have to wait until <laughs> morning. I make that joke because the uh, when the the Rockford Register Star bought a fancy new press, at twelve spent twelve million dollars on this press, and it was really nice. And um, they were doing some, in addition to printing the newspaper, they would print other things. You know, they were trying to make a profit off the printing other stuff. So, companies and organizations and stuff could send print jobs to the Register Star, and they, their prices were really good. But they were giving um, because they wanted the place I was working at we print a lot of stuff they wanted us they were showing me showing off the press and they were printing the onion that day which was ah. I was really impressed by the fact they wow. were printing the onion yeah I don't even know if they print the onion anymore they probably don't it's probably on- online
2: only god yeah, that's a great question I, I i certainly haven't seen one in years but i figured that i saw it with the frequency that it did because i lived in chicago yeah. and it was printed somewhat nearby so Now I gotta find one. I gotta find an onion somewhere.
0: Yeah. Um what else we oh um So Chris Sale was in the news again. Oh my god. So here's the best part of this. This was I first I heard that he uh broke his he broke his thumb or just a finger. I think he broke his thumb. I broke his hand somehow.
2: I was about to ask what the difference is, but I, I understand that there is one. But
0: anyway, he broke something on his hand. And my immediate like thought it. was not his And I, my immediate thought was, Oh, I hope I hope it was during a rehab assignment and he was like busting up a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. It but it was almost as good. Uh he fell off of his bike. Uh, apparently he had he had worked out already in the morning and had gone home and then he was going to get lunch and he hopped on his bike and he fell off his bike and he hurt his hand and other things. He hurt, scraped himself up pretty good, it sounds like. Um, so I thought, all right, that's not even the, but that's still not the best bicycle-related injury uh, to a pitcher that I know of. And I think we've talked about this, but my favorite one was when Steve Trout... Fell off an exercise bike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> like he fell off his
0: bike. Yeah. Why was he on a real bike? He wasn't. How do you? How, I don't. How do you fall off an exercise bike?
2: I mean, I can Im- imagine me falling off an exercise bike, <laughs> but um,
0: yeah, finally, two, I finally, to a professional athlete like Steve Trout.
2: I know people sometimes make fun of baseball players not being as athletic as others, but I can't I can't imagine this no I, he's he was a uh, kind of a tall gangly fella though so yeah maybe with those big long limbs it's harder than we're giving him credit for staying on was it uh, I'm trying to imagine this was it uh, a bike where um, you know like some exercise bikes don't have any wheels somehow? It was like, you know, like Three Stooges era when they go exercise in the, in the gym and throw the medicine ball around and they do the exercise bike. And it was like, I don't know, it was a square wheel or so. It just it didn't look anything like a bike at all. I don't know how it even worked.
0: But. Well, the worst part was uh, at this on the same day, Rick Sutcliffe uh, hurt himself. He was on the machine with that had like the big belt that you put on your belly <laughs> yes. and it like that he threw later. His back out on that. Because that honestly, that would have it was like I think that it was either eighty, it was nineteen eighty five or nineteen eighty six, probably eighty five, the year that all the Cub pitchers got hurt, right? And that was like I, much you can almost crazy. imagine what the high quality exercise equipment at Wrigley Field was in nineteen eighty five. You were probably not that far off with right. There's the workout room, boys. There's a <laughs> there's a medicine ball and a and a exercise bike from the twenties. It's got a horn on it for no reason. Nobody knows why. And then that, then that thing that fat guys would stand in front of, and it would just like roll across their belly, and they would stand there like Fred Mertz, like the something was really <laughs> happening.
2: Yeah, or the video of the guy getting shot with the cannonball.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was, oh, that was that was just part of spring training for the Cubs.
2: <laughs> Everybody's in in. Um... Gray sweats, long sleeve sweats and sweatpants and there's no style whatsoever to the <laughs> workout clothes.
0: Yeah, they all look like everybody dressed like Hans and Franz. Um <laughs> Thank you. What I picture is with the I'm I'm obsessed with the with the belt. Thing. <laughs> it's, <laughs>
2: it's funny.
0: Like like <laughs> is using it and he uses it for a few minutes. He's like, God, look at this, my stomach is all like all ripped up. And they're like, What? No. When they you're supposed to wear your shorts up to your nipples. That's how they did it when they invented it. There, see, that's better. There's no less friction. (laughs) Uh, What an image. (laughs) Um, Can you tell I'm just looking at the standings, trying to see if I can think of anything we haven't talked about?
2: I thought you were looking at notes that you had made, uh, you know, like one sentence. Oh, we can talk about this, but it's even more uh, indirect than that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've <laughs> run out of those. Um. So I watched, um, I watched Mets Braves on Sunday. Yeah. And that was the return of Jacob DeGrom. And, I, you know, he might be pretty good.
2: <laughs> he threw one pitch and got everybody out with it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So with um, 18 divided by I guess with with two outs in the sixth inning he had retired all 17 Braves and he had struck out 12 of them which seemed pretty good and then he um, who did he walk he walked somebody and then Dansby Swanson hit a home run it was one of those where he was only supposed to Buck had told the writers that he was either going to be six innings or 75 pitches. And he's in the sixth inning, throwing a perfect game. And the pitch that he they threw the walk on, I think, was his 71st pitch. which was pretty efficient, considering he struck out 12 guys. Um, and so they show Buck standing on the top step. Like, you know, I probably should go get him, but it's, you know, he still has a no-hitter. Right. And then they were up, I think, 4 nothing when Swanson hit the home run. And you could almost see, like, relief on Buck's face. <laughs> like, oh, I'll just oh, go get him now. I, I don't think there was any way he was going to leave him in after the sixth anyway. But it was it, what it brought to mind for me was, oh, of course, this is the Mets. You know, they famously went so long without a no-hitter ever. They had all these great pitchers. They'd never thrown a no-hitter. And then Johan Santana is throwing a no-hitter, but it's taking him like 170 pitches to do it. <laughs> and they can't take him out because it's like, we're the Mets. We finally have to get this no-hitter. And he was never good after that. Right. Like, literally his arm fell off, like, on his last pitch. But he got his no-hitter.
2: That and some short-sighted voters kept him out of the Hall of Fame because of that performance. Because his career wasn't quite long enough to be obviously a Hall of Famer, even though he, he probably was anyway.
0: Shouldn't he get special dispensation because he's the greatest Rule 5 draft pick of all time?
2: Oh, wow. It's true. I mean no, but uh it's it has an interesting uh distinction for sure. Yeah. Better than the Keel Badu, I'll <laughs> tell you that.
0: Yeah, the for the Cubs the second best one was uh David Patton. I right. remember they had they stashed him in the bullpen for that whole year and every time he would pitch it's like the excuse was he was getting just rockets hit off of him all the time. <laughs> like well the excuse was he really shouldn't be in the big leagues. You know, they just have to he's they're stashing because he's such a great prospect and he's overmatched and maybe that was true and maybe it ruined him. (laughs) But when he came back later and he was no longer needed to be on the roster, he was just as bad.
2: Somebody made a a joke that, that I don't think you made, but it was one of those jokes that you could have made. Um, So it must be hilarious. It it was, I thought it was, I I I mean, I'm, I'm giving it so much (laughs) buildup. You're probably not going to laugh that much, but um, it, it was something to the effect of uh, if the Mets can, can win it all this year, this will be their first World Series without cocaine since 69. <laughs> uh, hmm. I was sure. I mean, no. I mean, I thought of that too, but. Jerry Kuzman has run afoul of the law in recent years, but I I don't think ball players were doing too much too many of them were doing coke in 69 so well yeah probably
0: not well i was thinking this year's team are we sure are we sure be oh oh right of cocaine <laughs> um,
2: yeah you know it's come back a little bit so we're, we're probably not sure in fact i yeah
0: the other thing that happened in the Mets game as i was watching it, i took a i took a screen grab of it and i sent it to my, f- my friend uh, wayne Randazzo for his comment and he did not comment oh. on it Um, and I was not the only one to see this because when I took, I, I rewound and took the picture and then posted it on Twitter. And immediately somebody said, I, he said, I was trying to get that and Hulu wouldn't let me rewind. (laughs) Um, so they're showing DeGrom in the, in the dugout and over his shoulder, you can see Luis Giorme kind of doing the thing where he's sitting on the top of the, of the, you know, he's sitting like on the back of the bench. So he's higher and he's got (laughs) a, he's got a Gatorade cup in his hand. And I started to notice him because he was blowing on the Gatorade cup. And I'm like, what is he why does he have that's hot on like an eighty five degree day in New York? So I'm looking at Luis, but then he did something even weirder. <laughs> he did the thing where he stuck his thumb over one of his nostrils and he farmer snotted into the cup. <laughs> so that's what I got the picture of. And said so to Wayne's like, what is going on here? And I got no explanation. But I mean, it, he had something kind of hot liquid, and he was blowing his own snot into it. I, I Mass and
2: Bumgarner likes to do that too.
0: Oh yeah, he's Mister Snot Rocket.
2: Yeah, he had a an injury at some time uh, as a youth, or maybe it was a, as a baseball as a professional, and that, that he's got like bad sinuses, and that's why he's always running nose and snot rocketing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: snot rocketing. <laughs> So last week when we were doing this podcast, as we signed off, we found out that Vince Scully had passed away.
2: Yep, which is ironic. Is he still alive right now?
0: Yes, because yesterday while recording the Field of Dreams podcast, we found out that Olivia Newton-John died. Oh, and so I joked. Well, I guess we have to do seven minutes on Olivia Newton-John to stick it at the <laughs> front of the podcast, but we didn't do that. Um, you mentioned Madison Bumgarner. The, the The fun fact that I have about Madison Bumgarner is one that I heard from Vince Scully. And it's famous, but I just still cracks me up. Vin was telling, Vin told like a three-minute story that ended up with, it's kind of like a Paul Harvey, and now you know the rest of the story kind of thing. Which was, and I'm sure you know, as soon as I set this up, you're going to know it, but who, the the girl that Madison dated in high school <laughs> was also named Madison Baumgartner? <laughs> what are the odds of that? Not only is, is there, North Carolina? Well, okay, the odds are pretty good then. <laughs> Because want to go to prom.
2: <laughs> now, I, say that. That I say that, and I
0: joke about it. But when I was living in Traverse City, Michigan, I was go. I would have to go to the college I worked for. Uh, they sent me to lots of like Chamber of Commerce stuff to go. You know, so I could rub elbows with celebrities <laughs> like me. And um a couple of times, I went to get my name tag, and um. They were like, oh, I thought you already picked up your name tag. And I'm like, what? And they'd have to make me one. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Somebody's stealing <laughs> my name tag. So finally I go to one and there's two name tags. There's two name tags that say Andy Dolan on them right next to each other. But one of them is A-N-D-I. Ah.
2: It
0: turns out there was a realtor in Traverse City whose, her name was Andy Dolan with an I. Yeah. And she was about my That's a my good age. name
2: for a female realtor too. Yeah,
0: I thought so. She's about my age, and she was attractive. And I remember Ooh. thinking, well, if I wasn't married, maybe I would be dating
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: you have a great name. I could have been Madison, so maybe it's not as weird as I thought.
2: I had, I had heard in later years that that was the Madison Bumgarner story was apocryphal oh, at some no. point. Now, but what I never heard really was proof that it didn't happen. Yeah. So, you know, I heard people say, well, that's, you know, that was a joke or they could never really prove that, you know, there wasn't really evidence or you know, whatever. But I, I never heard anybody say that uh, with any kind of evidence that it, that it didn't happen. So I think it, it sort of has become kind of one of those um, legendary things that might or might not be true. I don't think we can say definitively that. He never dated anyone with his name. Do you know know Ted Berg? Yeah. Okay. Former USA Today.
0: Yes. December 9, 2014. My birthday. He wrote this. Headline, Madison Bumgarner once dated a girl named Madison Bumgarner.
2: Right.
0: So let's be pre-debunked, we think. Oh, it looks like the original story was written by Tom Verducci. You can't tell me Tom Verducci was... um,
2: yeah, you know, that's – I mean, that's why Vin would go for it. Now now I'm, you know, I'm doubting the doubters at this point. I didn't remember that Tom Verducci broke that story. But Tom can get kind of smug about things, so – Oh, yeah. He he, won't,
0: not only – first tells you this, and then he goes through his whole – any pitcher who pitches 50 more innings than they did the year before, right. before they turned 24 –
2: oh, He's I. doomed.
0: I remember that as, you know, as a younger – Person writing that I it this just this seems like junk math to me.
2: Aha, like yes,
0: you know who get hurt pitchers. <laughs> you know who get you know who also get hurt young pitchers. I would think if you took you could like you could stretch his that stupid innings thing that he had for his theory in either direction, and you'd end up with just as many guys getting hurt because pitchers get hurt because your arm is designed to throw things underhand, not overhand. Right. The way your shoulder works like we should all be playing fast pitch softball but that's we don't want to do that
2: right all
1: right so, me, so i mean
2: we, oh, go ahead. let's let's not uh, I, I don't want to put too fine a point on it but there are there are conflicting uh, beliefs out there about how true that story is let's just say that
0: um well he did he did though he saved the Jackrabbit, though, right? <laughs> that was the other Vin story, where they cut the snake open and the rabbit came out. Or oh, right.
2: So there And uh, sort of circling back to what we've talked about already, there's another guy who had a bike accident, Madison Bumgarner. He yes, was uh, biking right, he in Colorado and fell down, go boom. And missed a significant time. Just this... like Steve Plout, sort of.
0: Um was it Clint Barmus? Was he the one the Clint Barmus story? Didn't he fall down the stairs carrying like a side of beef or something?
2: Deer meat. Deer meat. Deer meat. I don't know if it was from his kill or a family kill or what, but yeah, he was um some venison and had it wrapped up and uh lost his footing and he fell down go boom
0: my i my favorite one was uh Salou, who everybody knows blew out his knee playing basketball, yeah said that he fell off a treadmill <laughs> <laughs> because that would that he would get all of his money right we' uh, not supposed to be playing basketball and uh then I, the best one I think was uh Jeff Kent did not he claim that he broke his wrist because he fell off his truck while he was washing it?
2: He did claim that yes,
0: and then there's Aaron Boone. Who told the truth that he blew out his knee playing basketball? It was the year after he hit the big home run, I think.
2: Right. It was.
0: That's why they got (laughs) A-Rod. Right. Um, And he lost an entire year of salary because he told, told the truth about how he got hurt. It's like, no, Aaron, you're not supposed to. Don't fess up. Well, there you go. Yep. All right. We covered it all. We did this. This is the most informative podcast I think we've ever done.
2: Replete with information, just so chock full.
0: There should be like a I should there should be like a quiz after this. See how much people retain. All these, <laughs> all these important factoids.
2: See how much we retain.
0: So you are going on vacation next week.
2: Yeah. Well, it's not. You know, it's uh, I don't want people to like rob my house. But uh, oh, yeah, right. well, it's a
0: staycation. Don't don't mess with it. Right. He's, he'll be. I'll be in the basement with I'll a leave. hammer. Um, the reason I bring that up is, uh, I had, there, we have a, someone is filling in for you next week.
2: Is it Mark Gonzalez? It
0: is Mark Gonzalez.
2: I was totally guessing. Well, not totally guessing, but that's a good get.
0: i since the end of the podcast, I'll tell a story about why Mark's on. I wanted to have him on and just have him on the baseball podcast. Um, or not even on the baseball, just have him on to talk to him. And in fact, at one point I was, uh, I was going to have Mark and Bruce Miles on together and just let them basically tell stories to me, um, which I think would be fun. I'll probably still do that at some point. But um, so Mike Pusateri, who it turns out is a habitual uh, line stepper, um, he, <laughs> for some reason he was on the field for a Cub game. A couple weeks. He's a season ticket holder, a partial season ticket holder. Um, <laughs> and he got to go on the field and he ran into Mark Gonzalez. And he invited Mark to come on our Field of Dreams podcast.
2: Doing your legwork.
0: Yeah. Which was fine, but I thought it was weird that Mark said yes. Only because, I'm like, does he know what he's getting himself into? I mean, there's homework. <laughs> he's got to watch the movie, and he's got to, like, take notes and whatever. And I think Mike thought it was a good idea because we did, a couple of years ago, we did Draft Day. The great, another yeah. great Kevin Costner sports movie. And Dave Kaplan was on with us. But the reason he was on with us is that is as, as ridiculous as it sounds. That's his favorite movie. Right. I don't know why it would be anybody's favorite movie, but that was his. that's his favorite movie. And I knew that. And we actually, we just did the podcast to get Cap on and have him talk about drafting. So he asked Mark and he tells me, he's like, hey, Mark's going to come on. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, thanks for programming my podcast for you. <laughs> um, so I contact Mark and I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? And he's like, what is it? And I'm like, well, we watch the movie, and then we talk about. it. He's like, oh, I just thought you wanted me to come on and talk about baseball. <laughs> I'm like, how well did this get explained? <laughs> so I said, all right, you're off the hook. If you don't want to do the Field Dreams podcast, you don't. He's like, I don't. And um, so instead, he's coming on to talk baseball. I think a better use of him. So that'll be that's going to be a great
2: use. Yes.
0: So, so I hope you enjoy your uh, where. Yeah, I, I hope enjoy your staycation.
2: Right. Andrew. i'll I'll tell you all about it uh and the people when I get back okay, cool. I'll have a good I'm sure I'll have a, a baseball story to tell
0: All right cool and we will uh, so we'll talk to you then.
2: okay. Many of us have herpes I just
0: wanted this to be over.